I mean, I held, I held myself like I was like, you know, I'm gonna be professional. <laughs> You're like, uh, you just uh, called it out. No, that's fine. everybody it's your host natalia uh back for another episode of more than a pretty face today i'm here with the incredible uh woman entrepreneur b dixon um hi b do you want to introduce yourself hi yes i'm beatrice dixon co-founder ceo of the honeypot company how you doing i'm happy to be here oh my gosh i've been wanting you on the podcast for like a year but i never thought you would actually come so (laughs) i don't know i just get so you know you get wrapped up in your head about you know trying to get people on and oh she would never do it you know (laughs) i would have done it a year ago um but yeah i've been really looking forward to this um so for those of you that don't know the honeypot co is black owned female founded it is a feminine care product line um i want to use your quote exactly so um made by humans with vaginas for humans with vaginas um and i love that i love everything about this um so let's just get started there you know like what inspired you to start the honeypot I had an almost year-long bacterial vaginosis infection that I couldn't get rid of. Mm. And um, and one day my grandmother came to me in a dream. Uh, the important thing to note is that my grandmother is dead. <laughs> and uh, she has been for a long time. And she told me in the dream that um, she had basically a formula. She gave me a piece of paper, told me to remember it. I wrote it down. I remembered it. I made it. It worked. And voila, here we are. And you're like, let's turn it into a business? Absolutely. <laughs> let's turn it into a business. Now, did you have any experience, like, in this area before doing anything like this? Or were you just kind of like, Grandma spoke to me in a dream, and so that's it? Did I have any experience before? Yeah. What you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... So for years, I was a pharmacy technician. I worked in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. I thought that I wanted to go to school to be a doctor. Um, but then I just decided that I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to heal people through that type of work. It just mm. didn't feel right to me. Um, and so I just decided not to, even though healing is naturally in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have been a fantastic medical doctor. Um so, but yeah, so, and then I left there and I went to work for, I did a cleaning business for a while, organizing business. I did all kinds of shit. <laughs> and then, um, I left the, I left doing all that. And then I went to work for Whole Foods mm-hmm. and I worked for Whole Foods for a few years in the whole body department, but I, you know, doing customer service and I left there to be like a food broker. So if you wanted to get your product into Whole Foods, I was the person that was selling it. Mm. And then... I went to be an area sales manager for an actual, like, directly for a startup called Rhythm Superfoods. 
and um, same thing, you know, um, same thing, you know, it just, and, but all the while, ever since Whole Foods, I had started Honey Pot. Mm. So I was doing Honey Pot in conjunction with all of this at the same time. And it just got to a point where I, there was just no fucking way that I could do both. Yeah. I feel like your story is similar in a way to like many entrepreneurs because they get to a point where they're just like, I got to choose one or the other. Um, and what yeah, was that like? Fortunate. Yeah, if, if you're, you're fortunate, fortunate yeah. yeah. And what yeah, was it like? That, that was, I always decided that I would not leave the workforce until Honeypot could pay me um, what I was making or more. Mm. because because like if I didn't make if I didn't get the right if I wasn't on salary Mm -hmm. I was fucked right Mm. then I would be in the same position because I'd be trying to hustle up rent and my basic needs and all that jazz while still trying to run honeypot And, and in my mind just being who I am I can't be in a desperate situation and and do my best work Mm. I just can't so I decided that I would wait, which was really hard um, because it was still kind of dire because I was going back and forth between between work and um, and and everything else, you know, and honeypot and life. I can imagine. I I mean, it's hard doing like a podcast and my full time job. So I can mm-hmm. only imagine running a whole company. And yeah. <laughs> We were like well within target by mm-hmm. the time um, I, I got, by the time I, I, I left. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I mean, I feel like that's, you talk about it in your target commercial, you know, without target, like yeah. we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been what we are now. So we absolutely wouldn't. how did you, and see, this is why I stand target. People always make fun of me. Before Target was Target, I was always like, Target is where everything is. Target is the best. Um, And and all the other retailers. Walmart, (laughs) Kroger, and Whole Foods, and Walgreens, and CVS. All of them are the best. Um, But Target was the first one to give us a shot. How did you walk into that meeting? You know, what was it like to walk into a meeting with Target and be like, hey, put my stuff on your shelf? I wanted it so bad, mm-hmm. but it was very easy for me because it was what I it was what I had been training for. Like mm. I had been doing, I had been in the natural food business for six years, maybe eight actually, and um, and for me, all of that training that I had being a salesperson in a in a, in a grocery store. Um, uh, leaving that to be a salesperson for brands and then a salesperson for a startup. I had gotten the training on how to talk to a buyer, how to understand data, how to how to understand a customer and what they want, how they feel, how to how to delight them, how to make them happy. Um, I of that just from being in that world. So. I was able to translate that into the into the conversations that I was having with Target, mm. you know, because I had trained for it. Now, were they your first like big 
retailer meeting. And you got it on your first try? Yes. Uh, well, no, it's a, I mean, yes and no. Like, it takes a year to get into a store like Target, mm-hmm. right? It takes a year to get a new product into a store like Target. Like, right now, I'm going to be going into re- into our category review season, right? Category review season starts now, and nothing executes until April of next year, mm. right? It was our first try. Mm-hmm. But- but there were many meetings, <laughs> <laughs> lots of prototypes, and, and there were like, you know, once we were getting to a yes, then we had to raise money. Like, there was so much going on, you know. So I also want to talk a little about that. You were like one of 40 women of color to raise, you know, over a million dollar of capital. What was that process like for you to to get to that point and just kind of walk me through it a little bit? I mean, it's like anybody that's raising capital, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, raising money is hard. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color your skin is mm-hmm. or what you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, right. And it might be a little, it might come with ease, um, whether it be different scenarios, situations, race, qualities, all that stuff. It might come easier but that's just the nature of humanity. That's just the nature of where we are in our society, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it was hard, and it and it's always hard. But it was it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I you know I got to, I get to work with my brother, and uh, you know it taught me a lot about raising money. It taught me a lot a lot about understanding our business. It taught me a lot about. Um, knowing how I want to grow and expand, it taught me a lot. It teaches me a lot, you know? I mean, we're still in business, right? <laughs> um, so, um, you know, but but it was a good experience and it was hard and it was stressful and it was like impactful and it made it easy for me um, to stand in front of a room full of people, mostly men. Mm-hmm. And say hey I need X amount of millions of dollars and like have to mean it right and like have Mm -hmm. to like stand by you know so it's um yeah I mean it it, this shit was hard but it's hard for everybody Mm -hmm. you know what was kind of the first I guess your first win would you say with Honeypot not necessarily it didn't necessarily have to be like Target but what was that first moment where you were like, oh, okay, I can make this into a business. Uh, it was when, I mean, it was when it worked. <laughs> you know, that that's when, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was when it worked, honestly. And the first win was when it, when it worked on the first person that wasn't me. Mm. And who was yeah. that first person to, was it a friend? And you were just like, hey, I have this thing, can you try it? It was, I think it was a friend. I think it was, I want to say it was like Indra, my friend Indra, who's like my sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't even remember who the first person was. But either way. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that like your company also likes to partner a lot with different charities, especially Happy Periods. 
Was that something that you looked to when you first were starting out? Were you like, I want to make sure that I partner with different charities to kind of bring this full circle? Or was that something that kind of just fell in your lap? I think it just kind of fell in our lap, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I've always wanted to do that. Still, and even though we work with Happy Period, you know, I still want to, I'm working on an initiative that's kind of our own social impact as mm-hmm. native specifically to Honeypot, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important um, to give to those who need, right? Mm-hmm. Especially around products for bleeding because, I mean, who can choose to bleed or not bleed? Mm-hmm. Like people should be able to have access to those things. It like it just shouldn't be a um, it shouldn't be a privilege to put on a menstrual pad. Mm, mm. And do you, you know, did so. you did you see it as something that was treated like a privilege? Before? Yeah, it yeah. Is something that's treated like a privilege. And it absolutely is. Is that kind of like your? I guess your mission around using. Because I, I personally really love the way that you phrase everything in your marketing and how the website's set up. It's it's for humans with vaginas because, you know, we're in we're in this space where a lot of people are talking about different gender identities and sexualities. Um, but I feel like you kind of came out of the gate and we're like, well, we're going to set this up so that it is all inclusive. Was that a, a hard decision for you? What kind of pushback did you receive on that or if any? I know it wasn't a hard decision. We had started to work with an agency called Ampersand. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, we talked through... um, When you start to work with a branding agency, you really talk through all that type of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. what does everything mean to you? And then that helps you to break out how you want to... How you want your brand to live on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just want to... I just want to speak to people... I just want to speak to people. So I want to speak to people if they have a vagina and they connect to it. Mm -hmm. I want to speak to the people that have a vagina and don't connect to it. I want to speak to the people that, um, that have a penis and don't connect to their penis. Right. And, Mm. and, and, um, feel more like they should have a vagina. Right. (laughs) I want to speak to the people who actually have gone to the next level with that and have actually gone and gotten surgery and gotten a vagina, right? Everybody that has a vagina or conceives of themselves of having one or whatever, I want to speak to those people because I want to help to educate them on how to take care of themselves. Mm. So is education like a core found, would you say that's your like part of your core foundation? Absolutely. I don't want to just sell you shit. I want to. I want you to understand what it is, what it does, how it does what it does, um, and so then you can make an educated decision for yourself. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, I don't want to just say, "Here's my pretty bottle with these pretty colors and these cute taglines." Buy my shit. I want to say, "We use herbs. We use plants. Um, you know, this is a vulva wash, right? We have a we have a cream called a vulva cream, like." I'm not trying to make the shit sound cute. I'm trying to make it sound like what it is so mm-hmm. that we can, you know, like, so, 
so yeah, like it, I think that all of these things are extremely important. Now, were you always this comfortable saying vulva, vagina? Like, you know, like I've, because I feel like, especially like me growing up in an immigrant household, like that wasn't always talked about or with my other friends of color. That wasn't something that was so explicitly said. So I'm wondering, like, how you became so comfortable in that. Because it's a vagina. (laughs) Every fucking person on the planet, a a penis and a vagina had to come together in one way or another in order for us to be here. Like, Like, it's so weird to me, man. Like... Like we we can turn on the TV and watch Law and Order and get pe- watch people get murdered and maimed. And no, I love Law and Order. Oh, same, same, same. <laughs> but we can't say vagina. Mm. That shit is weird, isn't that weird? I agree. You know what I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. that is weird. That is that is absurd. That is weird. It's extremely strange. Because none of us would be here without vaginas. Not one of us. Mm. Not one person. Half of the planet has one. Body parts should not not be taboo. They should not be not spoken about. They should not be shameful. They should not be guilty. They should not be nasty. They should not be anything that makes people feel uncomfortable to say them. Because they are just as synonymous as words and important as words is he, she, knows, mouth, eye, cheeks. Mm. Do you feel weird saying liver, kidneys, <laughs> arms? No, because it, they're fucking body parts. You know, we have just been conditioned to allow ourselves to 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 um to make these things nasty when they're not. Mm. Sex is not nasty. Disease is not nasty, right? Um, uh, infections in, and vaginas that have a bad odor, they are not nasty. They have been, you've just been conditioned in your mind to think that they are, but they're not. These things are fucking ordinary. They're regular things. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my whole goal in life is to make all of this shit regular as fuck. Like, it's. <laughs> Your coochie smells like fish? Cool. Let's just sort it out. Like, it's not a thing. Mm. This, this happens. Everybody's vagina is going to go through something at one point in their life. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are we making it nasty? Mm. You know? So, yeah. I mean, my mother was, uh, was, was, is, not was, is a liberal person. She never made those things a thing you Mm. know you know of course when I was younger she didn't want me out in the world dropping it and all that kind of stuff (laughs) right because she's a mom you know um and you know but 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 it was never a thing it was like sex is sex vaginas are vaginas you understand what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's like no to answer your question (laughs) but it's just I just think that it's so important. What I'm saying is not anything... Excuse me. I'm not saying no uh, profound shit. I'm just saying something normal. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. everybody wants to make it seem like this is so profound. And I just think it's great that you can just say it. And I think it's great that you don't 
that you don't want it to be taboo and blah 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 and it's like I'm not doing anything miraculous I'm just saying some normal shit you know mm. and I feel like we would do ourselves a lot of justice to be easy and calm on ourselves especially when it comes to things that happen with our body mm. now in you packaging all of that when you're trying to go out and convince people about your product, do you, do you have you ever felt the need to, I guess, I don't even know how to put it, like put on a different portrayal of yourself to convince people that they should no. be investing in your product? No, I don't put anything different on because I don't want you to buy my shit if you're buying it because I'm trying to be something that I'm not. Mm. My product should speak for itself. Mm. Right? Like, no, I don't I don't put on airs. Doesn't matter if I'm talking to you or Oprah. You're getting the same thing. Mm-hmm. What has been the most challenging part of, of this journey for you in creating a business? Everything. Everything is challenging. You know? I mean I c I can't I can't pick one thing, you know? Figuring out how to make more product when you don't have <laughs> loads and loads and loads of money mm-hmm. um, is challenging. Navigating your supply chain is challenging. Navigating humans that work with you are challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, miscommunications are challenging. Um, and they're beautiful. You know, and I'm just grateful to get to have these types of challenges, no matter how hard they are. So, how do you see the honeypot expanding? Like, what do you think's uh, next? I mean, really, what's next? The only thing that's next for me right now is being able to supply for my demand. Mm. That's the most important thing. To me. You are always sold out. That is true. I feel like every time, if I'm trying to, like, look, I'll be like, oh, can I? And it's always like, well, it's gone. Well, it's gone. But I mean, that's a good thing, though. (laughs) It it, it is. It's not that it's bad. It's just hard, you know? Mm -hmm. Who wants to do that? You know, like, I want to be able to, the people that want to support me, I want them to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I, like, I don't want, (laughs) I don't want. Um, to not be able to support the, to supply the demand I don't want to be having this conversation where it's where people always see that as a good it is a good thing and I'm mm-hmm. grateful for it but it would be an even better thing once we're able to catch up with it if that's even possible you know mm. and when you first started out like were you making these like in your kitchen and just yeah. kind of being like okay guys I got 50 bottles yeah. Oh my gosh. Were you like marketing that? Like, how were you? How did you kind of? I guess. I guess I want to know about like that that real startup phase. That okay, I'm gonna make this a product. I'm gonna it's sell still it. Startup, sister. That's any true. Company, <laughs> any company by SBA standards, any company under ninety million dollars is a startup. Mm. So we're still in startup phase. Um. I mean, it, it used to be that I had a goal that I wanted to sell $100 a day. Mm. Then that goal went to like $200 a day. Then that goal went to like 
a thousand dollars a day, you know? Um, and I always put those nominal numbers on it because then that would say, that would mean I only need to sell 10 bottles a day, right? Mm. Or I only need to sell a hundred bottles or whatever, right? Um, but it was, it was crazy. It was like, pick a day, that would be the day to batch product. And then you would batch like hundreds and hundreds of them. And then hoping that that lasted, you know, in the beginning, obviously it lasted longer. Uh-huh. Um, and then it, it just got to a place where, like, we couldn't make enough. Like, we just, you know, it was crazy. Because I was also still working uh-huh. and only had one person doing that. It was it was insane. I can't imagine. I mean, I I guess it's, for me, it's always inspiring to see pe- women like you, you know, out here really chugging along and doing what you want to do because you have like that passion and that in that drive do you ever find yourself feeling like that passion is like too overwhelming for you and it's too encapsulating no i i mean what what is it like to feel do you feel like you found kind of your purpose in everything or do you feel like you have other dreams that you're waiting to accomplish i don't think there's any such thing I think that um, I think that we have many purposes one I mean a, pur- a purpose could be you were walking down the fucking street and some and somebody was going to walk and you stopped them because a car was coming that they didn't see mm-hmm. right a purpose could be um, being there for a loved one or a stranger who just needs to cry on your shoulder a purpose could be anything mm-hmm. right a purpose could be this whole fucking conversation. I don't think there's anything, there's no such thing as a purpose. I don't think that there's any such thing as centered. I don't think that there's any such thing as, um, I don't think that there's any such thing as a lot of things. I just think that constructs have been made and we've believed those things. Mm-hmm. And because so many of us have believed them, we've put energy, we've read books and we've watched movies and we've done this and we've done that. I don't think that anybody is here for one thing. I think that you're here for many things, you know? And, uh, you know, is Honey Pot a part of my life's work? Yes, but also um, a part of my life's work is, like, loving my mommy and being here for my family and being a fucking good human and eating well. All of that is in my life's work. Honeypot is not the only thing that I live for. It's not the only thing that I do. It's uh-huh. one thing that I do, right? Mm. Um, so, I, you know, I don't believe in purpose and all the fucking work. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm here. That's enough for me. Mm. You know? And how did you get to the name Honeypot? Girl, driving down the street saw a band poster the band was called the honeypot band and you're like that's it that's the name of the business it spoke to you that's the name that's the name it spoke to me i'm trying to think about like if i've ever like had that moment where like that's gonna be that's gonna be it yeah but we're different humans right yeah i see opportunities in a lot of things that most people don't see opportunities in and it was like, would you, when you first kind of told people that you were going to, you know, make Honey Pot from a dream that your grandmother gave you, were they oh, looking yeah. at you kind of crazy? They still do. <laughs> but 
but I don't, I don't care. I mean, it's just true. Mm. You know, why should I take that on? That's not mine. That's theirs. And how are you, like, in this space, do you want to help other, like, black female entrepreneurs? You know, do you see yourself kind of moving in that way? I help anybody that asks me for help. Mm. And if I can't help, then I don't. Mm. You know, I, it's not specific to only black women entrepreneurs. Um, I am passionate about helping people that, that grace me with their ass. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm grateful that they would come to me to think that I would be able to help them through whatever it is that they're doing. So for me, I help anybody that asks me for help if I can help, right? But if I can't, I'm not going to say yes because um, I'm not a person who says I'm going to do shit and not do it, mm-hmm. you know? If I say I'm going to do something, it's done, you know what I mean? But for me, it it doesn't matter what your color is. One of the the only reason why color matters to me is because of the culture. Mm. That's why it matters, (laughs) right? For the culture, Honey Pie has to be successful. For the culture, I'm here to help with anything I can help with, right? For the culture, I want black women and black men, just humans, to be able to rise above what racism and even the word and the brutality and all the shit for us to be able to rise above it to where it doesn't even fuck with us like we don't even care right mm-hmm. even though it's, certain people have to be in certain types of work to, to battle the racism right to make sure that um, to make sure that that people are held accountable that's not lost on me right mm-hmm. but I'm one of, I'm one of the people that wants to raise our vibration to understand that none of that has anything to do with us. Mm. Even even if it tries to bring us down. Right? Mm. So, you know, um, to answer your question, I'm here for anybody that needs help as long as I can give it. I don't give things I don't have. Do you find yourself sometimes over-giving? Um, no not at this point in life and before even before this were you were you finding yourself over giving i've given to a fault but that's where i was at the time so i don't some people can see how i gave to be over giving mm-hmm. um for me i think that i needed to overgive to understand what that looks like so that i can be in the place that actually works for me mm-hmm. you know sometimes you have to um fail at something to understand what it is to be doing the thing that you actually want or strive to be doing you know was there a time that you thought you were gonna fail at honeypot no you always just knew in your spirit you're like this is this is gonna be the one to make it yes and what still and what's that self-assurance feel like to to feel so assured in what you're doing it just is Mm. It, it just is it's a constant I can't give it any word do you feel like there's gonna you're gonna come to a point when you feel like you've done the work that you needed to do with I know, I know you're talking about like there's many different purposes there's not just one singular do you feel like with honeypot 
there's ever going to come a point when you're going to think this is it like I've done what I needed to do with this thing I don't know I can't answer that right now Mm. Where, where do you think I guess you would feel or what currently do you feel the most fulfilled out of your work I, my most fulfillment has nothing to do with my work mm. I feel fulfilled within myself and that, that extends out into everything I do which mm-hmm. is my work mm. and for I guess I know it's a hokey thing but you know what do you do because you are constantly on the go and because you're you know busy building this business what have you done to take care of yourself especially during quarantine and like being on lockdown and I just I just um I just do I just take care of myself I sleep I eat good food I drink water when I feel to I meditate I read books if I want to get on a plane I go get on it Mm mm-hmm I'm not locked down. I just follow my intuition. Mm-hmm. And I trust it with everything. You know? What? And that has seemed to work for me. And do you... I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. Do you ever feel like your intuition... Because that seems how you... How you process about about everything. You know? Have you ever... Have, have you ever had a moment where you feel like it failed you? Of course. And, like, what have those moments been? Has it been in business? Has it been in life? Has it, you know, or is it intertwined in many things? Honestly, like, I've had moments where I have failed because I thought a certain way. But, But even in those moments, I still wasn't sure, but I moved in a direction. I made a decision. Mm -hmm. Right? Um... But I don't think that it failed me because everything that I, that has ever happened in life has gotten me to now. Mm. At whatever moment that was. I never failed. It just may not have it may not have worked or it may not have um, you know what I to say that I don't know how to explain it, but I may have failed at the thing because mm-hmm. the outcome that came about may not have been the one that I thought that I wanted mm-hmm. but whatever happened was supposed to happen mm. you don't understand what I'm saying yeah whether 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 it whether it was a fail a bad a good uh I got hurt I got sad I whatever it happened within all of those things were necessary mm. and what is I guess kind of what's your advice for for other entrepreneurs who want to start to believe in yourself 100% don't I mean like 100% to believe in yourself and to work on yourself and your and and how you think of yourself and how you see yourself in the world and and to get happy if you're Mm. not Mm. to to um, to not be neurotic don't don't live in your head don't live in your head get down into your body so you can feel because one of the biggest things about doing well in business is your gut you understand you need that shit mm-hmm. um, so you know if you're gonna do it 
understand that you're going to have to work on yourself if you want to do this shit real well. Money isn't everything. Money is just a tool, you know? And sure, the, the, the sign that your business is doing well is uh, how well it's doing financially. However, another sign that your business is doing well is that people receive your products well, right? And, you know, um, and I, th- I think that that's important. I think that a, I think that a, a person who is poor in their spirit but wealthy financially is absolutely the most poorest person ever. Mm. And were did you consider yourself rich in your spirit when you like were really getting this started? And do you feel like that helped propel you forward? I actually wasn't rich in my spirit. I was rich in the belief of myself, but I wasn't rich in my spirit. I went through, I took myself through a lot of shit in mm-hmm. order for me to get rich in my spirit. But it was important for me to, to, to eat all that shit, right? To understand what, why I needed to be rich in my spirit. Why mm-hmm. I needed to be happy. Why I didn't fall victim to guilt. Why I'm not a victim. Why I must love myself. Why I have to take care of myself. Like, if you eat enough shit and you don't want to eat shit anymore... Right? You're going to figure out what you can do to eat ice cream. <laughs> right? And so, for me, I just, I suffered enough. Mm. And that suffering didn't have anything to do with anybody but myself. And can you kind of explain the difference between believing in yourself but being poor in your spirit? Because I guess for me, I would think those things are intertwined. But, but how do you separate the two? I didn't love myself. Mm. I got into relationships um, that showed that because I, I did things that I didn't want to do. Mm. And mo- most of what I'm talking about is personal shit. It has nothing to do with my business. Yeah. Right. I didn't love myself. I didn't like my body. I didn't like how I. I didn't like how I looked. I wasn't happy. Um. I was stressed, I was anxious, I was defensive. Um, you know, I, I just didn't live well. Mm. And 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 I still believed that I had a business that was gonna be ridiculously fucking successful. That's how you can do that. You can you can absolutely believe in yourself as a in, in one area of your of your life and mm. completely fucking lacking and not believing in yourself in a, in a whole nother area. And I mean, how did you? Because because and I don't mean to cut you. No, no, please keep going. Because business was the muscle that I fucking practiced for in the gym. Mm. Mm. Right. When you want to love yourself, you got to build that muscle. When you want to when you want to like your body, you have to fucking work for that. Right. Even if you're a thousand pounds. Right. It doesn't matter what your body looks like. Don't hear me say work for that. And mean that you gotta go on a diet and go to the fucking gym. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, you love your fucking self no matter what, bitch. Like, yes, I'm here. Put a fucking half shirt on. Take it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, I do. It's, it's important. It's so important. So, you know, for me, 
um, I, I wasn't there. Mm. I wasn't there. I didn't like what I saw. You know, I didn't. Mm. I was always self-conscious. Um, relationships I was in, you know, I might have heard that I was I was fat some of the time, right? And nobody wants to fucking hear that. And I would take that shit on, and it would really hurt me because I felt that for myself. I felt ashamed for me. You understand mm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I had to get to a place. <laughs> where I was completely fucking comfortable with wherever I was with my body, you know? Mm. So, um, so yeah, you, you, you can do those two things are not mutually exclusive at all. I like that you bring that up because I think when, when people talk about, you know, starting whatever, I think they think about only the external and not the internal work that has to be done to really make that external thrive. And I can imagine that you, it, you know, because if you said you weren't all the way there when you started, like, I can imagine, like, as you grew in business, it got harder and harder to, to not be there within yourself. And those two just constantly kept competing against each other. Right. In right. your spirit, yeah. Did, um... I mean, you said so. You you said you were doing this with your brother. You get to work with him. Did he take on a lot of that business aspect when you really had to step back to work on yourself, or did you have to bear like both burdens at the same time? Bear both both worlds at the same time. Mm. I can't imagine. I mean, it's just hard. And then some. And how how did that manifest? I guess externally, like, did you feel like? you made poor decisions like in business or personally like because you were trying to battle both at the same time or did you feel like it was more internalized and then you did that work you know behind closed doors it was it was internalized sometimes it showed up at work sometimes it showed up in my response to certain things um i mean you know i'm not a person who everything for me is in in all in the same pot mm know like I'm not gonna try to say I'm fine when I'm not fucking fine Mm. I'm not fine I'm not fine you know if I'm great then I'm great you know um so so it might have shown up with work with that like look I I can't today Mm -hmm. you know um and I'm okay with that because because to this day if I have to fucking say that then that's what I have to say because I give this everything right Mm -hmm. so that also allows me to at moments not give it any fucking thing Mm -hmm. for me I live on both spectrums you can't have happiness without sadness you can't have life without death you can't have everything without nothing you know so you know that could happen in this moment you know because I have got to fucking look after myself and if I cannot take on work and the shit that I have going on in my personal life, then guess what? I'm gonna see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> cause, cause you know, cause I gotta, I gotta sort this out, right? And, yeah. And in my happiness, which may not be a popular thing for people to hear, my fucking happiness means more to me than anything. Mm. Because, because I have to put really good energy into the fucking work I do. Mm. my products are for people's vaginas 
right? And mm-hmm. I don't make I don't make these I don't physically make these products anymore. So I have to put my energy in a different way. That mm-hmm. means something to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know. So yeah. I agree because I feel like you can tell when that energy is in it or it's not. Mm-hmm. And it really does affect the final outcome of whatever you're doing. It does. And it can make it, you can feel, I'm, I don't know if you've had this, but like, were you ever making something and you were just like off that day? And you yeah, can, and in, in the batch, it. yeah, you, it was in the batch, you're I like, ooh, this is going to be a bad one. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it. I just wouldn't do it. Was there, was there something unforeseen in this journey for you that you, you like I mean like what was the most you know because I know you were like I've been training for this I was trained to go into that meeting but but what was unforeseen that you were like I thought I prepared everything is unforeseen <laughs> I mean everything I mean I have unforeseen shit happen every fucking day not a day goes by there's something unforeseen. Did, like, I just found out today that one of our products got into, like, 7,000 doors. That was unforfucking seen You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's fantastic. But it's like, oh, shit, that's a lot of doors. <laughs> now I got to meet that demand that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> People expect me to have things, and I just... <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to do it, but it's like, you know still you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and is it because I mean I I guess because you were saying like you know now at home you don't make the products anymore but and someone else is making it is it because you have this commitment to being natural that has slowed production in a way no COVID slowed production COVID slowed production that don't have nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. that you know COVID and ports and people buying all the fucking antibiotic, or excuse me, antibacterial everything, mm-hmm. wipes, hand wash, hand gels, individual wipes. That's the shit that slowed me down. Has like, nothing, nothing, to do. nothing to do with anything else. Has that, has that been, like, your biggest... I mean, what is that like? Because I've talked to a, a couple of other women that, you know, run businesses, like, and I'm like, what is it like to do that while in a global pandemic? What is that like for you? It's the everyday thing at this point. So you've completely been able to like adjust. Was it was it really hard at the beginning? Like, did you not kind of know which way to turn? Nobody did, so that gave me comfort. Oh, that everybody was in the mess with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, there's no brand right now that there is no fucking brand in skincare that is not experiencing some sort of delay in their supply chain. Mm-hmm. It is it introduced me to. Them. <laughs> there, there is not one brand that is not having a problem with a component or a raw material mm-hmm. or uh, or an issue with staffing. Or there is not one fucking brand that's not going through that right now. So if I mean, this is just the state of the world. There ain't nothing I can do about that. I like that you take that energy because I I feel like I've talked to not necessarily on the podcast, but other people in general that they kind of have this attitude that it's just happening to me no and it's, it's just like but it's not <laughs> nobody it's knows not how to deal happening. i haven't no. worn real clothes in four months like no nobody knows how to deal yeah your skin is so pretty by the way oh thank you i got it from my mama you know she got that good skin so i just it's pretty thank you 
Um, yeah, because I, I, I feel that, though, because I feel like we are trying to... This is why I love talking. I've, I've loved doing these interviews during this time because everybody has a different story about how they're dealing with whatever in this pandemic. And, and it's interesting to hear and see who is taking it more individualistic in, like more of an individual individualistic approach versus mm-hmm. like we're kind of all in this mess yeah. together kind yeah. of approach and we're just all trying to survive and readjust yeah this shit isn't mine <laughs> COVID shit. this is not mine man i look all i can do is show up to the party to the covid party <laughs> and, and do what i can man. And, and past that uh, you know, we're gonna be, we're gonna have some stress doing what we can, but like past that, I, what I, I can't pass that. There ain't shit I can do. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can. Though. I'm gonna exhaust every possibility. I'm gonna give it all the percentages, right? Just give it a hundred percent is probably not even speaking it because I give everything, everything I have. You know, and that's why I can feel so comfortable to say. If I don't have it, I can't give it. I won't. Because you would give it otherwise. I would. I would. In 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 the spirituality that I live in, one of the one of the parables that came for me. Uh, when every time I used to do a reading when I was younger in the religion, mm-hmm. the the saint, my saints, main one that was saying would be Eligua. Put your arm out, mm-hmm. right, and wherever your wherever it ends with this, by at the tip of your fingers. That's as far as you can go. Otherwise, you're becoming a slave to something because you're trying to give something you don't fucking have. Mm. You know? and so I I I get it now. That's real. Yeah. Something I did want to ask you that I completely spaced on more so when we were talking about expanding your business like do you ever think of expanding it to people with penises like making products for them I'll put it this way yes <laughs> and no yes it is it is it is a carrot that's dangling that I've wanted to eat for a long time right mm-hmm. Haha, <laughs> the pun. That was, that was good on purpose. Um, uh, that was good. I'm like a fucking 12 year old boy in my mind. Um, I mean, I, I helped myself. Like, I was like, you know, I'm going to be professional. And you're like, uh, you just called uh, it out. No, fuck professional. That's fine. We're not being professional. No, that's fine. Not when you're on the phone with me. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was good. <laughs> I'm like a fucking twelve year old boy in my mind. Um, I mean, I I helped myself. Like I was like, you know, I'm gonna be professional. And you're like, uh, you just called uh, it out. No, fuck professional. That's fine. We're not being professional. No, that's fine. Not when you're on the phone with me. Um, I gotta pay them their money back at some point, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, like. You have to leave something on the table. Mm. There's certain things you want to leave on the table for whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That whatever strategic or conglomerate or whatever, whoever ends up 
being the, the, the lucky one, um, you want to leave something on the table for that. You know what I mean? It's important. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know, it, it's that they're developed in my brain. Mm. Just not in the kitchen yet, in the bottle. Not, yeah, <laughs> not in the kitchen yet. Um, so do you kind of have in mind then, because if you're, it's so interesting that you're saying, like, eventually I have to leave. When I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, they're like, I'm, you know, it's like, I hope to be here. This is what I want to do forever. And I know that's not like your vibe. So have you, have you already kind of thought about what your next, like? No, that's the whole point. I don't mm. want to think about what's next. You just want to be in the now. Yeah. And I want to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it and not be beholden to my investors and operation agreements and mm-hmm. um, non-competes and all that bullshit. I don't, you know, at, at some point, I mean, those things are necessary because mm-hmm. I'm in business. Yeah. Right. But I want to live my life. I want to enjoy life. I want to eat well. I want to travel. I want to cook. I want to, um, do, I want to build wells in Africa. I want to, um, provide villages around the world with clean feminine care. I want to understand why Flint's water is still fucked up. Yo, that been my question. No, but I'm just saying, like, Mm -hmm. that's really the shit. I want to, like, I want to be out here for humanity. I don't want to be fucking working Mm. and running companies forever. Who wants to do that shit? (laughs) You know? No. No. I, you know, I want to maybe go to school to be a chef in France and not have to, and that's my job. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I want to, um, I want to give away after I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to, to, to have ridiculous money in my pocket. I want to do shit because I want to donate to causes and I want to do things like that. And Mm. I, you know, and I, the only thing I can do right now is be beholden to my investors, to myself, to my, to my co-founders, to people that work with me. I that has to be the thing that I focus my attention on right now mm. right and and when we exit um you know I'll be able to not have to fucking think about what I I don't want to be like oh what do I have to do next I don't want to have to do shit <laughs> I want to want to do shit mm-hmm. you know and I don't want to have to ask anybody for anything to do it mm you know not ask for permission nah I like that fuck permission man (laughs) so um the last question that I ask all my guests is how do you define being a woman or womanhood I just am Mm. I was made by a woman and a man and in my mind that makes me both Mm. so I don't (laughs) woman and womanhood they're just words Mm. not that I don't love my vagina and love that I have breasts and love my features and my body and my face and my curves I love all of that shit but that's just because I do you know Mm. I like that I like that it's the simplest answer I think I've gotten ever and I and I really like it thank you Thank you. Thank you. Um, B, thank you for joining me for this past hour and, and chatting. I've really loved listening to you and, and everything that you had to say, honestly. It's been great. Um, before we head out, is there anything that you want to 
promote, give a shout out to promote everybody loving themselves, man. Promote everybody taking care of themselves. Promote dying to your ego. Promote being happy. And if you're not figuring out why and you know, and, and also being okay that you may not know why. Mm. Um, yeah those are the things that matter I love that um B thank you again so much thank you you. you for having me I'm grateful that you asked I'm grateful that you said yes that's like uh, anytime anybody says yes I just like my heart just so you know (laughs) I say yes to anything that gives me the opportunity to um I say yes to, to any type of speaking engagement. I'll mm. put it to you that way. If it's an Instagram live, if it's this, if it's a pod, like if this is a podcast, if it's a Zoom, if it's a fucking work group, I say yes mostly to everything. If it's paid, um, if it's unpaid, right? Um, I'm not, if you don't call me, if, if I know that you pay me now. If you're listening to this, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like you know, I, yeah. I don't really turn things down because you never know. It, it, whether I'm talking to ten people or ten thousand, right? Mm-hmm. You never know who's gonna be there. You ne- never know who needs to hear whatever they need to hear. A, just because I'm the person that they're asking to be there, obviously there's a message that needs to be put out, right? And I don't take mm-hmm. that lightly. Uh, and when it comes to the brand and what if one person that's listening goes and buys something from my brand what if one person that's listening even bigger than buying thinks well for me and my brand mm. and people that run mm. that shit that shit means more to me almost than you fucking buying it that you that you mean us well that you want us to do well that you want us to exceed that you you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that shit matters so you're just like like your spirit just like radiates if that makes sense like it just radiates like and and i and i love i love to see it like i do um but i'm still gonna link everything in the show notes all um your instagram and everything like that um thank you to all the listeners if you'd like to connect with us and please do please follow us on instagram and twitter at pretty face lady three and go ahead and like us on facebook at more than a pretty face uh and please email us if you'd like to be on the show you know someone could be on the show or you just want to say hi at pretty face women at mtapfpodcast.com and we'll talk to you soon Bye bye